Lord, we are broken, our hands are lifted, and we need a blessing from you. Lord, we need a blessing from you. Oh, 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 Good evening, family. This is your friend, your pastor, Pastor James Dogger Jr., and I'm excited to welcome you to our QR2 finale. I can't believe that we're finally here. We have spent together 28 total nights, and tonight we'll make our 28th and final night of our QR2 Prophecy Edition. I've had such a great time, and I'm grateful that you're here to worship with us. Before we go any further, let's go ahead and stop, and let's give God praise, and let's pray to him even now, thanking him for an amazing experience. God, we say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to get to this point. Thank you for all of your love and for your grace and for your mercy that you've extended our way. We praise you, Lord, because you've been good to us in the QR2 Prophecy Edition. Tonight, we're asking that you would move in a mighty way. We pray that every viewer, every virtual worshiper, every digital disciple would tonight see Jesus high and lifted up. And we ask that as you are exalted, that you would draw us nearer unto yourself. We love you. We say thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope that you came expecting great things tonight because God has positioned us for greatness. Now, I want to give a shout out to a few people, but before I do, I got to bring in my co-host. Did y'all know that this co-host who has come consistently every QR mystery night decided to show back up in the virtual sanctuary? As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and bring my boy in, Pastor Damon Hendrickson, all the way from Bermuda. What's going on? Hey, 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 it's a Saturday night. It's the QR Revival. Where else should I be but right here with y'all, with the QR family? Let's go. Hey, listen, I'm happy that you're here. I can't believe we made it to this place. You have each Saturday night been our host. I was off the last couple of nights, and I want to just say thank you, man. You've done a great job in hosting throughout this revival, and you bring that energy, you bring that anointing, and we truly are grateful for your presence again tonight. I want to know, are you ready to go higher this evening? Listen, I am so ready to go higher. And as I said, man, it's Saturday night. It's the QR2 finale. Where else but here would I want to be with y'all, man? And just, I mean, just listen to the QR family that has been with us this entire time. God bless you. Thank you for letting Saturday nights us be with you. You be with us, man. I really appreciate it. So Pastor JD, let's go higher. Let's, let's go, go higher. higher. 
Man, let's welcome some people, man. We got some folk who are with us worshiping all over the world. So let's let's see who's with us. Who's worshiping with us uh, this evening? Where are y'all from? Go ahead and let us know. Oh, we got Cleveland in the building. Hey. What's going on? Thank you. Who's the, oh, Lord. Lord. Go. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> we got Bermuda in the building. We got the Bay Area all the way from the West Coast. Thank you for coming through. We appreciate you. North Carolina, thank you guys for worshiping with us. Um, who is that right there? Melva. Listen, Melva, you've been with us each night, and we appreciate your presence all the way from Virginia. Who, where, who is that? Oh, that's our friend, Pastor Tina Carragher. Thank you so much. She was an amazing co-host. Marilyn's in the building. Oh, stop right there. Do not move forward. Oh. Pastor G.P., we can't yes, say sir. enough about him, man. He's here worshiping with us, Pastor Hendrickson. And we got to, as a matter of fact, let's stop. Let's stop. Go back to Pastor GP. Throw him back up there again, if you don't mind. Because listen, Pastor GP did not just co-host with us. I need you guys to know that all those songs that you've been enjoying that have been opening us up and ushering us into that seven o'clock start time, those songs have come from Pastor GP. He has been so consistent, y'all, in providing the best A-League quality music throughout the revival and all of the back, the backstage stuff. You guys need to know it's not easy doing this. And he was a critical, integral part of this revival. And we say thank you. As a matter of fact, Pastor Hendrickson, let's clap it up for him, man. Let's clap it up one time for him. Pastor GP, if you appreciate Pastor GP, go ahead and press that heart button right now. Press the heart button and let him know that we appreciate you. Well, Pastor Hendrickson, uh, it is QR Mystery Night. It is. It is. It is. And listen, although many of you already know because the flyer was just recently released, you've given, uh, you've had the pleasure and privilege of, of announcing to us who our mystery preacher has been for the last couple of nights. And I'm not going to take that from you. So if you don't mind, man, can you announce to us just real quick who's preaching tonight? Listen, I want to let you guys know that we have an anointed preacher. Not that anybody else has not been anointed, Batman, but what way to end the QR2 Prophecy Edition uh, revival. It has just been amazing. And we've got a brother here. We have a man here who mm -hmm, the Lord mm -hmm. has called for such a time as this. We've got a man here mm -hmm. through basic training in Christianity and the world. <laughs> we oh, have wow. a man who is fresh off of that basic training. And mm -hmm. he is none other than the senior pastor of the Grace Community Seventh Day Adventist Church, and that is none other than Dr. Myron Edmonds, y'all. Yes, he is sir. here in the virtual building. We ain't gonna show him to you just yet, but he's been there. That's our mystery preacher for tonight. And y'all mm -hmm. just sit back, strap in it. Y'all know Dr. Myron Edmonds, man. He always comes with that fire, and I know that he's not going to sell us short on tonight. So, Pastor JD, yes, sir. Dr. Edmonds, I'm ready for him. Listen, I'm ready as well. I got to admit to you guys something. So <laughs> we did not drop that flyer that showed the silhouette of the psalmist and the preacher until last night. We typically do it midweek, but I said, you know what? We're going to wait. Let's build the suspense. And I'm thinking to myself, there is no way dropping this flyer so late in the game that we would have someone who would figure this out. And I need you guys to know that Pastor J.D. was wrong yet again. Pastor Hendrickson, we have a QR Mystery Night finale night winner. Hey. Lord help us. This person went and commented and said, I believe that this is the preacher, Pastor Myron Edmonds. This is the singer, Miss Naomi Parchment, and then had the nerve to put hashtag run me my money. I said, oh, no, she did it. 
No, she did it. Y'all know who it is. She's here in the virtual building, y'all. Let's go ahead and bring in Pastor Lola Moore. Our <laughs> you are Mr. Oh. oh, Lord, help us, man. Oh. He took our money. Oh. <laughs> Run me my money. And then I said, Pastor Lola, Pastor Lola, it's, look, we're going to send you the money. <laughs> Can you attest to the fact, did you receive the $100? Yeah, I, I did. I was... <laughs> I was not expecting it to him. I was fooling around, and you know, sometimes you will fool around and and get surprised. And so, I I I uh, moved sure-footedly, and uh, the Lord blessed me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> she got her money. Bring in Sensei. Where's the Sensei at? We need to bring in the Sensei because Sensei, look, we need some special anointing tonight. She <laughs> <laughs> said, "Cut my check." Run, prophesied. You know what? We should have known because she's a prophetess anyway. She's right. a prophetess anyway. And you know, prophets know what you're saying in your bedchamber. We should have just disqualified all prophets and prophetesses. That's what we should have done. But she you're got, so it. Right. got it. Man. Okay. Man, but I appreciate y'all. Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> I said, look, this woman has this woman of God has preached twice in the QR one and the QR two. So uh, we absolutely can send her this hundred dollars. She deserves <laughs> this hundred dollars. And we appreciate you, Pastor Moore, for more Johnson for participating with us. And not only are you gonna get that hundred dollars, we're gonna send these devotionals your way as well. And I, I need y'all to know, you know what she said? I said, Pastor Moore, can you come and just show your face as the winner we want to present you to the people? And she said, you know what, since you sent me that hundred dollars, I think I I got enough gas money to show up. <laughs> she she got the gas money and she's here. So again, thank you so much, Pastor Moore. If y'all love Pastor Moore, go ahead and press those hard buttons, man. If you appreciate her for not just her preached word, but also oh, participating in things like this, man. You are the best, Pastor Lola Moore Johnson. Yeah. You are the best. Thank you so thank much for you. coming. And through. congratulations on 28 nights, man. Y'all did it. It's been stellar. <laughs> so congratulations to you. Thank you so much. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the support. Man, oh man, listen, guys, this is, this is, it's already a good night. I'm excited about what's happening. And I want to announce to you guys that these worshipers who've been with us for 27 nights thus far have not shown up to receive a word alone, but they have come and they've partnered with us. Dr. Doggett, Pastor Hendrickson, I am excited to announce to you tonight that up until this very moment, the people of God have been able to bless uh, families all over the world, Bahamas, Florida, Texas, um, uh, Virginia, all over the world with guess how much? $14,479. And we celebrate you for your oh sacrifice. Woo! Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And you know what? Some has already come. You guys have already begun to give at the very beginning of this program. You didn't wait until this appeal to partner with us to give. You all have already sent in your seeds and we say thank you, which means even more people than what, what I just announced to you are going to be blessed. Pastor Hendrickson, what do you got to say about that, man? 
Listen, again, these folks have shown themselves to not only be faithful in their attendance, Dr. Doggett, but they've also been faithful in their willingness to give. And that's what's been really amazing about the QR. I, I say family, the movement, man, that has really happened is that everyone during a pandemic, when folks even didn't have stuff of their own, they've been planting seeds, hoping and believing that God would bless them because they've been a blessing to someone else. And so to everybody in the QR family who has given, thank you so very much. For those of you that are still in defense, whether or not to give, man, listen, with all that has been going on around us right now, I'm sure that if you decide to be a blessing tonight to someone else, that God will give it back to you in copious measure. So yeah. there's still chances. There's still opportunities to give even now. Even or did we now. didn't we see how God has blessed? And when you give to a cause like this, it's an investment. Remember when John Boston gave his testimony of how he gave what he really didn't have, and God returned to him so that his entire student debt was paid off. He said it was multiple multiple times over what he gave. And that's just one example of faithful giving. When you give from a grateful heart, God always honors that. And I'm thankful for the opportunity and how people have taken full advantage of it. Uh, J.D., Pastor J.D., 14000 is great. But you know what would be better? 15000 or more Come so on. that we can give more to Come help on. more. I know somebody hit me up this week saying, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And I'm, I'm going to see if we can come through to help this person. Because I believe that the people who have been logging on understand that the money that's given goes to help people. And right yeah. now, if there is ever time we ought to be helping people, that time is now. Absolutely. That time is now. So let's go ahead and give you the info right now. This is how you can give. You can go over to the Cash App and use the money sign, the Q Revival. Again, the money sign, the Q Revival at the Cash App. And if you don't have Cash App, you want to use a different avenue, you can use our PayPal and send it to paypal.me, the forward slash the Q Revival. Again, paypal.me dot me forward slash the Q Revival. Or you can even go over to our website. And y'all, we have the opportunity here at www.thequrevival.com. Again, that's www.thequrevival.com to give with a card, whether it's credit card or debit card securely. 100% of what you give is going to go toward helping those who are struggling in this season. So if you are someone who needs some help, go over to our website, go over to our Gmail, and we want you to send us. If you need to even send us a, a private message to our Facebook uh, account or profile, we need you to do that. Let us know that you're in need. And we want to bless you real good during this season because the people of God have positioned us to be a blessing. So every seed that has been sown will go toward helping those who are struggling in this season. We say thank you so very much. Now, listen, somebody asked me a question. How can we go back and make sure that we are able to look at all of those experiences that we've had thus far. How can I go back and look at some sermon that I need to, to go back and, and dive into a little bit more deep? I, I need you to tell me how to do that. Well, let me explain to you. Did you guys know, and this is another reason to celebrate, Lord is just blessing us real good tonight. Dr. Doggett and Pastor Hendrickson, our YouTube channel has reached over 500 subscribers. And that is, look, we got to celebrate that. Another milestone, over 500 subscribers yeah. to our YouTube channel. And we want you guys to know that you can go to our YouTube channel. Again, that's The Quarantine Revival. Um, and you can 
find all of the messages, not just from QR2, but you can even go all the way back to QR1. And every experience has been archived there at our YouTube channel. So please go there and you can go and worship all over again. No matter which day, which night you want to go to, you have them all there in one place at our YouTube channel. So thank you guys again so much for subscribing. Now, if you haven't sub subscribed yet, go over there and subscribe because we need you. Now, people are asking Dr. Doggin and Pastor Hendrickson, what are we going to do next? What is what's next? Now, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I do not have some big announcement to make some big reveal like we had before. As a matter of fact, this is what I need for you to do. I need for you to take some time because, look, 28 experiences together, that is a lot of word. That's a lot of revelation. And we need you guys to go and marinate in the, this revelation. I hope that it has eventuated into an experience where you can say, I'm better as a result of joining this worship experience every single night. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little bit of, of some time right here so that we can just bask in the moment. And we want you guys to know that as we formulate these plans and we make these announcements, you need to know. If you want to know what's going to happen next, then this is what I want you to do. How about you do this? Either go over to our Gmail account. Again, that is theqrevival at, at gmail.com. And I want you to send us a message so that we can have your email, send us your contact, however you desire us to get in contact with you. Make sure you do that over at theqrevival at gmail.com. Send us an email and this is what we'll do. We will take your email and we will only use it to announce to you what we're going to do moving forward. And if you don't want to use a Gmail, if you don't want to send an email, you want something even simpler, you can go over to our website, www.thecurevival.com, and you can subscribe. All you have to do is put your email address right there and click that button, subscribe, and we'll be able to inform you of what is happening and what God is going to do moving forward. Oh, I'm excited about what God has in store for us. Sensei, what's on your heart tonight? Quick word, quick word. First, I want to say thank you, Pastor JD, for listening to God and for starting this Q Revival movement. It was a blessing to us the first time. It was a blessing to us the second time. And you are an example of simply hearing from God and marching forward, uncertain exactly what would happen. We know now that there is an audience that wants to hear God's word preached with clarity and with power. There is an audience that loves to hear inspiring music from people who love the Lord. And it has really fed our souls during this time of quarantine. God bless you. I've been on some of the uh, camp meeting uh, programs and whatnot, and I've looked at numbers that they're getting, even with, with conferences doing what they do. And I have to tell you, the numbers that have come on each night indicate that there is an audience that's being fed. And I'm not sure what the next move of God is with the quarantine revival. He'll share it with you. And when he does, move forward confidently and make sure you don't wait too long because I think we need some more word from the Lord. It's been a real experience. I also want to say to the, 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 the co-host with the most, and that is Pastor D, that your spirit that you brought each night along with the other co-hosts helped make this program a, a great program. I'll never forget the night when you and John Boston displayed the kind of faith that could make mountains move. There was no way possible that Barry Black could have gotten on based on the technical problems he had. But you all claimed it. You prayed 
And when you said amen and open your eyes, Barry Black's picture was up on the screen. You are an example of faith. And I thank God for all of you. I'm confident moving into the future that the church is in good hands. We've heard great preachers, some grizzled veterans. We've listened to them preach the word of God, those who have been in many, many battles and they still can swing the sword. Then we've heard the young preachers step up to the microphone and the female preachers step up to the microphone and preachers that everybody loves, preachers that everybody didn't know. And they all stepped up to the prophetic microphone and preached with power. The church is in good hands. We've also learned that prophecy absolutely preaches and we put the devil at a great disadvantage when we take time in God's word, especially looking at prophecy. First Kings 6, 8 through 12 talks about the frustration of the enemy when God is telling us his secrets and he tells it to us not to frighten us, but we did learn that we in fact are informed by God so that we can be calm and confident. I end with the illustration that I believe it was Mike Kelly gave. He said that 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 Mark, Mark um, Woodson, president of conference out there in California, uh, likes to uh, the Lakers, loves the Lakers. And and uh, I believe Myron Edmonds loves the Lakers, too. I hope he will profess his love for them when he comes on to uh, preach tonight, along with the word of God. But anyway, uh, he, he what he does is he finds out the score before he watches the game. And it's not a spoiler alert for him. The game is still interesting, but he watches it without getting full of anxiety and angst because he knows what the score is. So no matter how far the Lakers go down, he is confident that at the end, the Lakers win because he knows the score before he sits down to watch it. And ladies and gentlemen, tough times right now. It's a given. Let's put an exclamation mark behind that. Tough times right now. Society is in upheaval. Those who have been pushed down are pushing up and won't stop until they get up and rise up and get what belongs to them. COVID-19 is is an unpredictable virus that has changed and altered our lives. All of that's true. The economy is, cra it's all true. But we can sit back like Mark Woodson and watch the game because we already know the score. Thank God for all of the preachers who have reminded us of the score. And like Lola, Lola, I, I, say, I say with her, uh, there is a class action lawsuit that God's children have won and it's time for us to go. <laughs> and collect our check. I felt that thing. I feel like running around my desk right now. But I think it's time for us to go and collect the check. We have a more sure word of prophecy. And, and Daniel ends with God's people rising up. And Revelation ends the same way. And when time will be no more and eternity steps on and sits down at the throne, we know that we will be standing on the right side, dressed in the right uniform, Jesus Christ's righteousness, and it's his word, his more sure word that has made us so confident. He's never lost a battle. And I'm going to back off right now because I'm feeling something crawling up my spine. This, this revival has revived me, and I'm ready to hear some word tonight. I cannot wait to yes. hear Myron Edmonds and what God has placed on him. It looks like we've saved the best wine for last. But I tell you what, I, I've got an empty cup and I'm ready to drink. And I'm going to shut it up right now.
<laughs> Woo! He about to preach, y'all. He about to preach. He about to preach. You actually just preach it, by the way. And all I can do, if y'all just heard that word, just say amen. Go ahead and write amen in the comment section. Amen. We already know. Man, I I was I really wanted to put together a a um, compilation of highlights of all of our experiences over the QR2 Prophecy Edition. And one of them would definitely be when Pastor Lola said, run me my check. I said, Lord, help us. Everybody start putting it in the comment section. Run me my check. And that has been a theme for us. And we're excited that we know because God has given us, he's tipped the hand of the enemy to us because he has told us through prophecy what it is that we are to expect. Now, listen, 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 listen. Now, we're going to go into the word of God because the preacher, I see him backstage and he's ready. I need y'all to know that the preacher has come and he's prepared to preach, but I'm not going to let him come into the virtual sanctuary until y'all share. I can tell which one of you are watching and tuning in and you haven't shared yet because when you share, it puts right there above your name that you are a sharer. So if you don't mind real quick, I need for you guys to share this stream. And this is what we're going to do. After we have our song of preparation and meditation, the preacher will come right in. But before we do any of that. Can I encourage you guys real quick with something? Woo! I guess I got to celebrate. This is a highlight moment for us. Pastor Damon, go ahead and print, bring Pastor D back into the virtual set. Pastor D, we had someone who said, I'm not going to let quarantine, social distancing, sheltering in place, COVID-19 keep me from moving in the direction of my destiny. And they reached out and said, I want to be baptized. As a matter of fact, I want you guys to see with me real quick and let's celebrate Sister B, the woman I told you about who said she wanted to get baptized. I want y'all to see this. It all started because I came became aware of what it means to abide in Christ. Um, I have been doing study, the study guide um, by Gregory Jackson, Pastor Gregory Jackson um, with Surrender Ministries. And that kind of snowballed over into the prophecy um, QR2, um, seeing the time in which we live and the urgency of the time. So I um, said, well, let me go ahead and do this because I had prayed about it. Um, because I had always felt like I had lost my first love. I knew that I had, and God was had said, said to me in Revelations 2, 6, to um, know from where you have fallen and repent. And then you and I got together and we got on the telephone and we prayed together and you asked for God to make sure that I knew without a shadow of a doubt what his will was for me concerning this. And you had shared with me about another baptism that had been done and the young lady had two, Bible verses that she shared, one out of Acts and one out of Ecclesia, um, Ezekiel um, 36, verse 25 and 26. So when I got off the phone, I went to bed, woke up the next morning, I had these Bible apps that give me notifications. And the notification I received was Ezekiel 36, but verse 26 and 27, it overlapped with hers. Mm. And there's like no way that that would have happened unless God wanted me to know what he wanted me to know. And I take that as an indication to go ahead and get baptized. He gave me three or four other verses too. I mean, there was first Peter 5, 6, 2 Samuel's 23, 33, and Jeremiah 31, 3. So all of these things, he's letting me know that since I know that I have lost my first love, that he is still with me and he's going to give me his Holy Spirit so that I can experience again um, that walk that I once had with him so that I may be able to be a witness for him and that others may be drawn um, while before it's everlastingly too late. So 
I want to make sure that I'm right with God and and walking in his spirit and in his power. It is my privilege and pleasure because of your profession of faith and in accordance with the commandment of Christ, we're now going to baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Be faithful unto death, and God will bless you with the crown of life. Amen. 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 Pastor D, come on in here, man. God is good. We celebrate with you, Sister B. Thank you so much for just being faithful to the call of God on your life. And again, she was virtually baptized, y'all. And listen, if you are somebody who wants the same thing, we want her to be an, a, a, a motivation to you. We mm-hmm. want you to reach out to us, y'all. Don't allow anything to keep you from making the moves that God desires. And you don't have to be virtually baptized. We know preachers all over the globe, and we can connect you with somebody close to you if that is what you desire. We just need for you to know that there's no excuse that you can move forward in your divine destiny. So again, thank you, Sister B. We're praying for you. If y'all going to pray for Sister B, go ahead and put that in the the comment section. Say praying for you. Say Sister B praying for you. Again, we love you and we appreciate you so much, Sister B. Now, Pastor D, we're about to go into a song of preparation, but I need all of you guys to know that the woman who is singing our song of meditation tonight needs celebration. This is why. Did you know that this woman of God was used to actually, y'all know when we get close to the end of our countdown each night, where you start hearing it, mm-hmm, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to mess it up or nothing. Same but, JD. Hey, <laughs> but she, but she's 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 the one. She's the one. She's saying that, and and not only does she have our countdown music down, but she also composed and sang our intro and outro music as well. So y'all need to know that Naomi's fingerprint is all over the QR2 Prophecy Edition, and we celebrate her and thank her. So at this time, let's go ahead and receive the message and the music, after which we will hear from none other than Dr. Myron Edmonds. Storms have come But I was still Winds blew strong And it was well The night was long But I found rest And you
my hope in you for you you are your Hallelujah. At this time, we're going to release the man of God. But before we let him into this virtual sanctuary, this virtual space, we encourage you to make sure that you're pressing that share button. Somebody is going to need to hear this word. Don't be selfish right now. Go ahead and press that share button. If you're watching on YouTube, share. If you're watching on Facebook, share, because I'm about to release 
the man of God. Here he is, Dr. Myron Edmonds, the number one Laker fan in the world. We're so appreciative that he has come and he's prepared to pre The floor is now yours, Doc. <laughs> I am, and you know, it's just a blessing to be amongst family here, man. Uh, we, we, I'm surrounded by Laker fans. And of course, you know, I've been a Laker fan from the very beginning. And uh, I just praise the Lord for the opportunity to be of service and to be on this uh, quarantine revival. Uh, stay where you are, J.D. It's my turn now to, uh, to share the word. Anyway, praise God, everybody. Um, what a great time to be alive and to be talking about prophecy. I just want to give a shout out, kudos to this team for uh, putting together this revival. I know that has touched so many of you. We have seen thousands of you literally participating and viewing a baptism today. God is doing a new thing, and I hope some of y'all are ready for this new thing. Some of y'all have a lot of time to change this new thing. God just allowed Corona to come in and shake things up, shut down our church buildings. You know now that the church ain't a building. But he said, I'm tired of all your stuff, all your routine, all your regimen, all your little traditions. He said, we're about to do something totally new and out of the box. And the Lord has allowed us in season uh, to do this. And the quarantine revival is as a result of this new move of God that he's doing. And uh, one of the things that one of my favorite preachers says, Pastor James Doggett, uh, and he and I have so much in common, mainly that I love for the Lakers. One of the things he says is that we have conservative theology, but liberal methodology. And so what this represents is that we're doing anything we possibly can to get the gospel out. If I were you, I'd put my hands together and give God some praise right down there in the comments uh, and let them know that you are thankful for this space that they've created for us to be able to hear the word of God grow spiritually. There's a word from the Lord tonight, and I want to draw your attention uh, to the book of Revelation. Revelation, as we are dealing with prophecy, and I'm glad we're talking about prophecy. It's a good time to do it. Folks are thinking about it. Uh, folks have questions about it. And I believe it's also important for us not only to, to be relevant and to do cool things, but I think we also need to be solid in the word of God. And so I want to turn your attention to Revelation chapter 14, Revelation chapter 14. And I want to go to an unusual place in Revelation chapter 14. I want to go to verse 14. Is that all right? I'm going to go to verse 14. Um, I, it seems like I probably should go to verse 6, right? Y'all know verse 6. But let's go to verse 14 because there's something that the Lord, I believe, wants to say to you to encourage your soul tonight as we consider the fact that we've been in the last days. We're not going into the last days. We're not all of a sudden in the last days now because we're seeing coronavirus and we're seeing things happen. It seems to me that over the years, the church has a knee-jerk reaction. Anytime they see something catastrophic or see something that looks remotely like a sign that they read about in Matthew 24, you know, everybody wants to gird up their loins and get ready for Jesus to come. The fact of the matter is, is that Jesus been about to come. I know that's not correct English, but that he been about to come. Ever since Christ died, the apostles felt as if Christ could come at any moment. We know that the day is a thousand years with Christ. And so prophecy is always relevant. Not only prophecy in terms of foretelling what will happen, but foretelling what we ought to hear right now. And today, I want to give you a little bit of both. Revelation chapter 14, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 14. The Bible says, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man with a golden crown on his head, and a sharp sickle, a sharp sickle. Uh, I don't know if you can underline or highlight uh, what you got, but, but, but keep that in mind, a sharp sickle, a sharp sickle in his hand. 
And the other angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, put in your sickle and reap for the hour, for the hour to reap has come. The hour to reap has come. For the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. The Bible goes on to say, verse 16, so he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth and the earth was reaped. Verse 17, then another angel, another angel came out of the temple in heaven and he too had a sharp sickle. Verse 18, and another angel, somebody shout another angel. You got some more angels in here, y'all. And another angel came out from the altar and 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 the angel who has who was it? The angel who had authority over fire. Keep that in mind. This angel had authority over fire, and he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. Verse 19. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the great harvest of the earth threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God, verse 20, and the winepress was trodden outside the city and blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle for 1,600 stadium. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just ask you would give us insight into this prophetic passage of scripture. Uh, more importantly, we're asking not just for insight, for intellectual purposes so that we can say we learned something, but we're really praying from God. Uh, to produce a revolution, not only in the church, but in the world. We're praying right now for the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost to uh, permeate virtual spaces and get inside homes, but more importantly, get inside hearts. Help us to hear what the Lord has to say. I ask for your power right now, Lord God, to make very clear what it is that the Spirit is saying to the churches in this moment and in this season, is my prayer in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. One of the uh, one of the lines that I've been hearing, I've been to uh, about five protests, and one of the things that I've heard just about all the protests is that we, we, we are shifting now from not just a moment of frustration, but a movement of frustration in our country. I want you to hear me now. One of the things that we have seen and that I have noticed throughout the social media uh, world view and, and world span, right? Is that when we always have these black brothers uh, and, and sisters who are being brutalized by, by cops, being brutalized by the system, and time will go by and we will move on to something else. Sports will happen. Uh, something will happen in pop culture. And we will move right from uh, a major event, what I, and what I would say in the history of America, we move from that event and because of the, the rapid movement of things that happen in our world, we jump right on to the next subject. And so we would have moments. We would have moments of justice. We would have moments when we would talk about we need to do something and things need to change. The truth of the matter is, y'all know what I'm talking about because a lot of us have had spiritual moments. We've had moments. We've had moments where we've been convicted, moments when we wanted to serve the Lord, moments when we felt the Holy Ghost, moments when we were fully committed, they've just been moments. Tell the truth, they've just been moments. We have had moments. The truth of the matter is, if I look over my life, I have a lot of moments. I have moments when I was a kid, I have moments at Pine Forge, I have moments at Oakwood. There's just a bunch of moments, a collection of moments with God. The problem with moments is, is that you go from one moment to the next moment. 
And a lot of times these moments will change. Many times they remain the same. It's the same moment. You've had the same moment a thousand times. But what it has not produced in many of us is we have not had movements, movements that have not stopped, movements that have remained consistent, movements that have changed the trajectory, not only of history, but movements that have changed our lives. And I don't know about you, but the, the space that I'm in right now is I'm tired of these random moments with God, these random moments, like random spiritual moments where I get fired up about the Lord, I hear a sermon, I've been at the quarantine revival, and listen, by now we've had 28 moments, 28 moments where you've been fired up and inspired. But there's something different that I think that's happening right now. Totally me, my opinion, this ain't from heaven, this is me. I think something different is happening in this earth right now. I think something is different is happening. I'm gonna explain my perspective of why I think we are not just in a moment, but we're in a movement. Prime example of this is, I really believe that if George Floyd, that video had been released and there was no coronavirus, there was no coronavirus, I think that we all would have watched that, we would have felt bad about it, and we would have, it would have just been a moment. Truth, I think it would have just been a moment. I think we'd have gone right back to the NBA playoffs. Come on, we'd have gone right back to the playoffs, right back to whatever was happening in pop culture, right back to Netflix, right back to our lives. But isn't it interesting that God kind of arranged, God kind of arranged the circumstances. Now, I don't believe God caused coronavirus, right? I think he caused coronavirus, but I do believe God allowed it, right? My Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good. Uh, things don't happen to God or things don't happen to God's people. Things happen for God's people, right? They happen for us. I believe that God is big enough and in control enough to where he can allow a coronavirus, a pandemic to happen all across this world. And I said, now look at the timing of it. I don't know, this is how I think. Look at the timing of how this thing went down. The timing of this happened right after, right around the time of Ahmaud Arbery, right? Right after Ahmaud Arbery, we had Breonna Taylor. Right after Breonna Taylor, we had George Floyd. Do you, see, do you understand what I'm saying? And guess what? You couldn't even go to work the next day to ignore it. You couldn't go, you couldn't go to church and get your praise on and ignore it. Preachers couldn't avoid preaching about it and talking about it. You couldn't turn on the television and watch uh, the NBA playoffs to ignore it. Do you see? It's almost like God said, uh-uh, not this time. I'm trying to do something in these last days, and I want to I I shut down your church. I want to shut it down. The way you've been doing church, I want it to end. <laughs> the Lord was like, uh-uh. Now, listen, and things, let me be honest with you. I mean, I'm going to get this word. But things that we have been trying to change in the church for years, like years. I mean, we've been fighting with saints and board meetings and praying that God would change stuff. Some, some preachers are going home. They've lost hair like me because they wanted change in the church. And if you've been praying for change in the church, but guess what? You got it. You got it. And you got it in a matter of hours. And all that happened was is God allowed, hallelujah, God just allowed in his infinite wisdom, a pandemic to happen. And within this pandemic, he allowed us to see something, some, some stuff that we as black people have seen all of our lives. But he wanted the whole world to pause and watch George Floyd. Watch Ahmaud Arbery, watch Breonna Taylor. He wanted to play. No more denial, America. No more denial, church. No more denial, evangelicals. No more denial, white people. No more denial, black privilege. No more denial. I want y'all to see that in this world, there are second class citizens 
and their skin happens to be black, and I don't want anybody to ignore it anymore. I want all your eyes focused on it because I'm sick and tired, church, how you've been conducting business because you don't care about, 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 about people that are, that are bound and broken and oppressed. And I want you, white America, to stop what you're doing because you don't care about it either. Isn't it amazing? that the Lord shut it down and said, here goes your movement, no more moments. I'm tired of you ignoring it. I want you to see this man laying on the ground for eight minutes and 40 seconds with somebody's knee on his neck and get your attention that time is out for denial. Time is out for church and business as usual. He's ready for a movement. And let me tell you why I thought it's a movement. Because the things that we are seeing are unprecedented. Tell the truth, they're unprecedented. All the protests that I've been to, I'm just talking about my personal experience. We'll, we'll get to television in a minute. All the protests that I've been to, 50 to 60% of the folks that have attended these protests are white people. Did you hear what I just said? No, 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 no. In the civil rights era, there, there was a few white folks out there, but, but we are literally seeing folks in Germany saying Black Lives Matter. <laughs> I can't wait to tell you why. We see people in New Zealand saying Black Lives Matter. People in Hong Kong are saying Black Lives Matter. And I don't care who you are. When Listen, when white folks are saying Black Lives Matter, when folks in Asia are saying Black Lives Matter, thanks what we have there is we have a movement. And if there's any group of people that we read about in scripture that ought to have an affinity to a movement, it ought to be Seventh-day Adventist Christians who do not define themselves as a denomination, but have always defined ourselves as a movement, a collection of denominations. We're Pentecostal have come in. Baptists have come in. Christian Connection have come in. Presbyterians have come in. Some of y'all came out of Catholicism. Some of you came out of, out, of, out of Islam. But there's this collection of people that God is drawing from all over the earth because he's trying to do something in this last hour that requires movement and not just a moment. Lord have mercy. I wish I could hear somebody talk back to me, but I know I'm talking good right now. He is sick and tired. I see you right now. Help your boy out, right? It's a movement. It's a movement. I'm telling you right now, only the Holy Ghost could cause the stuff that's happening, Damon, to happen in our world that's happening right now. I don't want us to pass this by just as history. I don't want us to pass this by as just something that's newsworthy, something that we'll binge watch on CNN. Coronavirus and Black Lives Matter movement happening at the same time. Open up your eyes. This is marvelous. God has done this, and this is marvelous in our eyes. It's marvelous in our eyes. And so, and so for that reason, I began to ask myself, why is this? And I've asked and I've talked to people. Hear me now. One of the reasons why there is such uh, there is such a, a affinity for this movement by people that are not people of color is that there is a growing cry in our world, a cry for empathy and empathy. See, understand this. There are many people who are not black, right? They're not black, but and they cannot experience what black people have experienced. However, people know what pain is. Hear me now. Listen, listen. Black people ain't the only ones that have suffered. We have suffered differently, but people know what pain is. There are people out there protest protesting. I've talked to them. They know pain. They may not know black pain, but they know molestation. They know abuse. Oh, Lord, I'm going somewhere today. They know. They know divorce. They know. They, they know and they understand death and grief. They know these things. And so what God is doing is, is God is uniting people around pain. And I'm going to show you how prophetic it is. God's uniting people around pain. And we're seeing a generation of people. God said, move over, baby boomers. 
I've got another generation that's coming. God said, move over, Gen Xers. I'm, I've got millennials and Zoomers, and they know pain. Some of you know pain, and he's calling you too. He's saying, can you relate to a man that because of the color of his skin, he is literally calling out for his mama and, and, and a cop with a white supremacist attitude. Is He knows he's being filmed. Knows it. He's being filmed. This is what's so egregious about it. He is being filmed and he knows he's being filmed and he remains on his neck. See, that's what's the issue here. We have a world of two kinds of people, those that have empathy and those that have no empathy. We have a whole society of sociopaths sociopath is a person that has no sense of feeling. They can commit evil, they can see evil, and it doesn't even bother them. And what I think that's happening in our world right now is God is literally uniting a culture of people that have suffered. And I believe that in the last days, and I know I'm right, I believe and know that in the last days, that the kind of people that are going to be prepared for the soon return of Jesus Christ are going to have a lot in common. But one thing that they're going to have in common is, is they are going to be united in struggle, united in pain. They just won't be black because the word of God says that when we see these, this group of that, that, that are called from all corners of the earth, the Bible says that they will be from every nation kindred tongue and people and it says that they will have come out of great tribulation mm. the thing that's uniting people right now around this black lives matter movement is that i know what it's like to hurt i may not understand what it's like to be black but i know that it sucks to see somebody because of the color of their skin constantly have to be traumatized simply because they are black and i feel that and that's what they're saying that's what the asians are saying that's what the whites are saying and god says and this is what i believe though i believe it in my heart I believe that God is literally shaping the atmosphere and shaping the environment around a suffering people, around the people that can relate to pain, or people that can relate to going through hell, or people that can relate to disappointment, or people that can relate to rejection, or people that can relate to being oppressed, or people that can relate to broken families, or people that can relate to broken marriages, or people that can relate to generational cycles, or people that can relate to to be traumatized by family abuse and the like. And what we're saying, I believe God is raising up an army of people who have been battered, who have been bruised, who have experienced pain. And this is the group in the last days that are going to usher in the second coming of Christ. It says those that have come out of great tribulation. That's what it says. That's exactly what it says. It does not say those whose lives are all figured out. It does not say those who've only been married one time. It does not say those who have uh, uh, who are very clear on Adventist doctrine, who know more than everybody else. No, the Pharisees knew more than anybody else, and they still killed Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now what's going to set people up for the coming of Christ. It's going to be folks that are sick and tired of catching hell. And what they're basically going to say is, is I'm not going to catch hell here and then die and end up going to hell again. And so we are being united around suffering. Hear this. We're being united around suffering. And there is a movement now of people who are saying we ain't taking it no more. Now, now, now. When we look at the text, when we look at the text, I must contextually tell you that the book of Revelation only has three sections. That's it. Just three sections. As we, as we jump into this text and I get out of your way, I'm going to tie all this in. The book of Revelation has three sections. 
Uh, Stefanovic, Stefanovic shared with us at seminary. Three seconds. I'm with him on this. He said the first section is the seven churches, the seven churches. And in the seven churches, there was something that's remarkably clear. The presence of Christ gets closer and closer to the church, uh, further, excuse me, further away from the church as, as we get closer to the end of time. So that by the time you get to the church of Laodicea, the Bible says that he's outside of the church. He is standing at the door knocking. Now we rejoice on that and we praise God that he's at the door knocking. But how did he get outside of the church in the first place? So the seven churches are trying to see a clear, send a clear message to us that the Holy Spirit hears the he, uh, he, he that can hear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. But 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 the word to us as we get into the church of Laodicea is how did Jesus get put out? We need to bring him back in. And then after that's first section. Then the second section is the loosing of the seven seals. The loosing of the seven seals. And so that you see from Revelation chapter 4 until about Revelation chapter 11, all that's happening is the loosing of the seals. History revealing itself. We're seeing things happening. The development of history of the church in the world is what the second uh, half of the second third of Revelation is. And then the final section is the third section of Revelation. And it takes us to Revelation 12 to the end of the book. And what that is, it's the contents of this loot of these seals that are being loosed. So seals are coming off of what? They're coming off of a scroll. What's in this scroll? What's in this scroll is the plan of redemption, <laughs> of the last day message, uh, the key, the key, the key, the key to understanding how to unlock what's going to happen in the last days is revealed in Revelations 12 through 22. But in particular, there is a chapter in Revelation uh, 12 through 22, chapter 14, that specifically explains to us how folks are going to get ready. Are y'all hearing me? Now? Are you smelling what I'm cooking now? Now, now we, we talked about a moment. We talked about a movement. Now we are going to see from prophetic scripture exactly how God is going to get folks ready for this last movement. Are y'all with me? Are you with me? Now, let's, let's watch, see how this happens. Now, just for context, Revelation has six angels. That's right. I said it. Revelation 4, 14, rather. Revelation 14 has six angels. How many did I say, y'all? I said it got, it got six angels. Somebody talk to me right now. Somebody look at me. I don't know. I got to put somebody. I got my wife in here. She's pushing me right now. But I need somebody to say six. I mean, six. Count six. Now, I, I, preachers, we have only been concerned about three. We've only been concerned about three. Uh, the first three angels, we're concerned about them. And sadly, when you talk about Seventh-day Adventism, we declare that our message is, is about the third angel's message. Uh, I don't know if that's, that's not comprehensive. That's not comprehensive enough because when I look at Revelation 14, I see six, Dr. James Doggett, I see six here. This is how you taught me to study. You told me to look at context. You said, look at it first. You said, look at historical background. And how am I going to read three angels in Revelation 6 through 12 and then ignore the final ones in Revelations 14 through 20? Well, you want to hear about them three because you're good Adventists. All right, I'll tell you about them three. Let me tell you how God is going to prepare people for these last days. Can I tell you very quickly? Number one, the first angel's message, the first angel's message, number one, it prepares us to have radical worship, radical worship. And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell upon the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. In other words, there is, there is going to be a worship, Lord have mercy, not this temperamental stuff. Not this stuff. Maybe you were not even darkening the doors 
of church facilities before this pandemic. And so you fit right into the pandemic. There are many of you that had grown weary of religion and grown weary of the things of God and grown weary of spirituality. However, in the last days, I'm telling you, the kind of worship that is going to, that, that's going to be required of us to be able to look in the face of executioners, to be able to look in the face of, 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 of injustice, to be able to look into the face of those who would wish to take away the right for us to choose based on our conscience. I'm talking about the fear of death. The kind of worship that's going to be required is not the kind of worship when you hear your favorite song. It will not be the kind of worship when you hear your favorite preacher. That kind of worship is for namby-pamby Christians who are not ready for the coming of Christ. I'm talking about the kind of worship that is ready to deal with hell and lift your hands in a furnace, that will lift your hands when folks are lying on you, that will lift your hands when you don't have money in your pocket, that will lift your hands when you got cancer in your body. It says the kind of worship that can look in the face of the judgment and have a fear of God and give glory to him, even though they know that the hour of his judgment has come. Radical worship. The second thing, the second thing is theological clarity. The Bible then says Babylon is fallen. Now, I got to say this very quickly because I've got to go. I've got to go. Babylon only falls because of the gospel. Now, hear this now. You need to understand that the six angels of Revelation, including the first three, are successive. They're successive. They're sequential. In other words, it's a domino effect. And the thing, hear this, because we've ignored this. The thing that creates the domino effect, I want you to look at it. It says the everlasting gospel. The thing that causes Babylon to fall, Babylon which represents spiritual confusion, theological confusion, people don't understand God, not clear on his word, listening to false teaching, living false teaching, being controlled by the thoughts of others. What is going to break down? Because it says Babylon is fallen. What's going to bring Babylon down? I'll tell you what happened in the first angel. The gospel is going to bring it down. What is the gospel? The gospel is, without me, you can't do anything. The gospel is, is that uh, by his stripes we are healed. The gospel is, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. The thing that's going to bring down the system is the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of a, of a, of a liberated gospel, the preaching of a gospel that tells people, I don't have to be good in order to be saved. I need grace in order to be saved. Because as far as I'm concerned, good people are going to hell. But graced people are going to be saved. And the thing that's going to bring down this system of corruption, this system of lies, this system of works righteousness, it's going to be the preaching and the teaching of a very clear gospel. A gospel that sets folks free. A gospel that liberates. Not, not this kind of gospel that gives people the impression that if they don't wear the, the right thing, if they don't eat the right thing, if they are not connected with the right family, if their skirt is not the right limb. Come on in here and talk to me, somebody. That kind of gospel is the same kind of gospel that embondages people. But I need a gospel that sets me free. I don't know about you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to spend a lot of time on this, but I got too many problems to be able to have a gospel that tells me I've got to do this in order to be saved. I don't know about you, but I'm not good at that. I'm good at failure. I'm good at falling. I'm good at, I'm good at making mistakes. But the Lord says, hey, that's fine, because in your weakness, I'm made strong. He says, I need you to be weak. I need you to be broken. I need you to say, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. 
Savior. So the gospel produces the first domino effect. If we're not preaching the gospel, we're not preparing people for the second return of Jesus. If we don't preach the gospel, Babylon is not coming down. Babylon is not coming down by moving out into the wilderness. Babylon is not coming down by, by drinking carrot juice. Babylon is not coming down simply by some pseudo strength testimony. Babylon is going to come down when people are no longer spiritually confused on how they're saved. Babylon is going to come down when we're clear that it's, they will follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Babylon is going to come down when they're clear that by his stripes and his stripes alone, I may heal. Are you listening to me tonight? I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And so uh, so the gospel pushes it. Uh, 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 thank you, sweetheart. The Lord is getting hot in here. Uh, well, what else happened? The gospel pushes it. Angel number one. After that angel uh, preaches the gospel, then the gospel tears down false doctrine. It tears down corruption. It brings down the entire system. And then the third angel, the third angel, I know what you are. I uh, don't receive the mark of the beast. That's not the main message. That's not the main message of the third angel. The main message of the third angel is the action. It's the, it's the descriptive phrase that we see that says, here is the patience of the saints. So first we have radical worship. Then we have theological clarity. And then we have ridiculous determination. See, that's what you need to focus on. It describes who you are. It's describing the kind of person that the, the message produces. The three angels' messages produces a person that has ridiculous determination. Y'all not hear me now. Uh, a few years ago in 2016. Ah, yeah, I've been waiting to say this. In 2016. That's right, just a few days ago. We celebrated that here in Cleveland. We saw ridiculous determination. Cleveland Cavaliers, Lord have mercy, down how many y'all? Down three to one against the the the, 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 the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> the 73 and nine Golden State Warriors. There's no way in the world that the Cavs can beat them. But I saw a young man that had been through a lot. I'm preaching this right now tonight, and I don't care if you like it or not. I'm gonna give it my all. A young man that had been through a lot. He didn't come. He didn't. He didn't take the elevator like Steph Curry. Come on, he didn't take the elevator <laughs> like Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's dad played in the league. Steph Curry's dad played in the league. They're just different guys. They're good basketball players, but they didn't move from one school to the next every year like LeBron James did. And LeBron James just had a why that was bigger than theirs. He was carrying his mama. He was carrying Akron. He was carrying Cleveland. And homeboy said. I am not going to lose this finals because I, I've been through too much already. Uh, three down, three, one doesn't mean anything. I'm going to bring this team back. And y'all saw what happened. All I kept saying was this, get one win. Some of y'all don't see this word, but I know I'm preaching the truth. See, struggle prepares you for difficulty. Struggle prepares you for difficulty. And I want to show you this now. What The third thing that happens in these three angels' messages, radical worship, theological clarity, and ridiculous determination. The kind of determination that says, I'm not going to quit. The kind of determination that says, I'm not going to give up. The kind of determination that says, I'm not going to let folks talking about me get me all out of my out of my sorts and, and, and now nah, I ain't in church no more and, and folks judging me. Listen, what kind of service are you going to give to the Lord in the last days if people can run you out of the church? If people can take you off your game? If you can let stuff distract you, you got to have radical determination. Now, all of this stuff prepares us for this. The Bible says, as we end, right here in verse 14, he said, then I looked and behold, a white cloud and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man. You already know what this is. It says, and a sharp sickle in his hand. Now, very quickly, because I don't have time to go through the whole text. 
what you see over and over again is three angels after this. And all three angels do the same thing. And there's a reason why. Because these actions need to be repeated in the last days because there's some folks out there that God is trying to save. Thank God that he gives us three angels to reap. Three angels <laughs> throw down their sickle. In other words, he's not willing that any should perish that all should come to repentance. And each time you see them swing the sickle, more come in. But there's a key phrase in here that I got to end with. Notice, notice now what happens, the, how they become, the Bible says it right here. Look in verse 17. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven and he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel, another angel came out from the altar. And that angel who has authority over fire, authority over suffering. Mm. Mm. Woo! Authority over suffering, the word of God says. Authority over the fire. He says, he says, so so this angel himself, he he swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grapes uh, as well. But notice what the phrase says. It says, put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. In other words, they're ready. Now, I, I want to show you something here. Now, those of you who know anything about ripeness, now my, my, my wife's a gardener and she's into this stuff, so I pay attention to it only for sermon illustrations. Now, anybody who eats a mango would know that this mango is not ready. It's not ready to eat. It's not ready. Now, I prefer this because I was so traumatized as a child by my mom because she didn't think anything was right until it looked almost unrecognizable. All right, but this right here is not right. Good looking, nice color, but it's not right. And, and, and this is not ready to eat. It's gotta stay in dark places. Uh, most suggest you put it in a brown paper bag and keep it in the dark and you let it sit a little while by itself. You better, you better hear me right now until it's right. However, I want you to take a look at this. Look at this thing here. Look at the, look at the whelps on it. I mean, if you squeeze it, it the fruit might pop out. Uh, this is this is a little more right, but it ain't ready yet. But then we have this papaya here. My father-in-law is Jamaican. Do you see the wounds on this thing? <laughs> I don't know if you get that. Listen, this is what you call a ripe papaya. It's so ripe that as I'm pressing on it, you can see my hand go through. This is ripe. This is ripe fruit. I can eat it right here. Now, the difference between these two fruits is that this fruit is wounded. It's beat up. It's got gashes in it. It's got dark spots on it. And to me, honestly, it doesn't look that pleasant to eat. But anybody that knows fruit knows that the more wounded it is, the more ripe it is. And the more ripe it is, the more ready it is. And the more ready it is, the better it tastes. This right here is going to be a little sour. It's not going to be prepared yet for consumption. The fact of the matter is, is the reason why uh, uh, the Son of Man is waiting to throw down the sickle is because he needs some of us to get some wounds on us. Y'all not hearing me. He needs some of us to get some bruises on us because you're not right until you done caught some bruises. You're not right until you have caught some L's. You're not right until you have caught some hell. You're not right until you got some marks on your face. I'm telling you right now, straight up. You are not right yet for the coming of Christ until there's something on your life that looks like I done been through something. We don't have time anymore. I'm done. We don't have time anymore for anybody in their spiritual lives giving us any spiritual counsel unless they look like this.
That's where I am. If you don't look like this, I'm sorry. I'm not believe God can speak through anybody. Y'all forgive me. I think everybody got something to say. Everybody got something to say. Lord, forgive me. I know that the Lord can speak in mysterious ways. But I'm just telling you my preference. I don't know about you because I done been through some stuff. And a lot of the stuff that I've been through, I cause. I'm not talking about the stuff. They did this to me. I've been through stuff. These people riding on my back. I'm talking about the dumb stuff I put myself in to almost cost me to lose my marriage. The stupid decisions I made to cause me to lose money. The stupid decisions that I've made that have, that have, that have put me outside of the will of God. And to be honest, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't too much have time to hear from anybody that looks like this. You look too pretty and you still got your sticker on you, which means you definitely ain't white and ain't ready yet. You ain't, you're not right. You're not ready. You're not even been clean yet. We're going to put you to the side. Who I need to hear from in these last days are those that are ready to be to be sickled out. Those whom the master that can take his sickle and swing it and pull it out. You know what happens? The more ripe it is, the easier it is for the for the for the fruit to fall down. Y'all not hearing me now. See, when something is not right, you have to labor with it. You have to cajole it. You gotta cut stuff. You gotta prune it. John 15 says to even to get it to a place to where it is acceptable for consumption. But see, when you're ripe, when you've been taking storms, when you've been taking hail, when you've been taking tor to, to torrents and hurricanes, anybody, let's just cut to the chase. Is there anybody on here right now that understands what I'm saying? I don't need to be preached right now. Does anybody know what I'm saying? Do you not know that, that, that for real, for real, you are more inclined to the things of God when you catch hell than when you are going through good times? And the standard for Christ in the last days for readiness is not uh, self-righteousness. It is not perfection, but rather it is those that have come out of great tribulation. Let me give you an example of this. So most of you know, as I conclude, I was, I, I mean, I don't know what I, I was out of my mind. I, I just followed the Lord. The Lord told me, join the military. Now, if anybody knows me, y'all know me that uh, I'm just averse to any kind of structure. I'm averse to anybody telling me what to do. I'm averse to institutionalism. And so it just makes sense that I would not go into the military. <laughs> but anyway, the Lord told me to go. And now after I'm done, two months of being down there at officer's training school, I realized why the Lord sent me down. He sent me down there for a number of reasons. But one of the things I learned about the whole process of how they make soldiers and officers, when you go to accession programs, what they call, when you go to these accession programs, the whole purpose of these programs is to beat you down to build you up. They tell you that off the top. They beat you down to build you up. As soon as you get off the bus, they're criticizing you. As soon as you get off the bus, they are talking about you. They're in your face. They're making you do stuff. I've done so much push-ups, y'all. Look, let me tell you, the amount of push-ups, the amount of miles that I have run, but all of it for one reason. They say the more pressure we put you under, the more struggle we put you under, the more it reveals the kind of person you are. And I'm gonna tell you right now, in these last days, in these last days, what God is doing, and some of you can feel it, God is allowing you to go through the struggle because the struggle is preparing you for where you're going. The struggle is making you the leader that God wants you to be. The struggle is making you be the prayer warrior God wants you to be. The struggle is making you more empathetic about people's struggle instead of acting like your struggle is not as bad as theirs. What God is doing, he's uniting the people around the hell they're catching. And I'm getting ready to go, but I just want to ask anybody, is there anybody out there that knows that the more hell you catch, 
the more prepared for heaven you are. Is there anybody that wants to lift their hand on? Can you lift your hands with me and open up your mouth and say the hell was worth it. The trials were worth it. The failure was worth it. The struggle was worth it. Lies they told were worth it. The failed marriage was worth it. Come on, pray. Don't just praise him for what you got. Praise him for what you've been through. The Bible says that I'll bless the Lord at all times and his praise will be in my mouth. I'll praise him when I'm up and I'll praise him when I'm down. I'll praise him when things are going my way and I'll especially praise him when things are not going my way. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the evening. Praise him when the sun is shining. Praise him when it's, it's dark in your experience. But whatever you do, <laughs> let everything that have breath, baby, are you crazy? Give God the praise. Listen, y'all, in the last days, I'm gonna end here. In the last days, be clear on this. The, you are more ready for the coming of Christ the more hell you've been through. That's your preparation. Your ripeness is your struggle. And the more you struggle, the more you depend upon God. And then God will say, it's time to reap. <laughs> your boy's ready. That's how I felt coming out of office school. I was ready after catching all that hell. Ready after being a nobody. Ready after having people talk down to me that had more degrees than. But God said, you need all of it because what I'm trying to do is get you so humble. I'm trying to get you so dependent. I'm trying to get you so dedicated to me and not yourself so that when it's time for me to reap, you're ready to reap. Father in heaven, we pray right now. Somebody right now going through some challenges. This is not just a preaching moment, but somebody is catching it on every hand. And Father, what they have failed to understand, what they are struggling to see is that you are in the midst of it all. There are people that are watching right now and they are shouting and they're giving you praise because they are in it right now. They are walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now. Many right now are being hard pressed on every side right now. But Father, every struggle that we are going through is preparing for us a weight of glory that will surpass all the stuff. It was good that we are afflicted. And knowing now that this is the prophetic preparation for the coming of Christ. Oh God, you said in your word in Philippians, you said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and even in the fellowship of his suffering. God, we yield to your presence right now. We yield to your spirit right now. Whatever you want to do in our lives, have your way, God. We're not asking for suffering, but we know that suffering is inevitable. Give us a good attitude. Give us a good spirit. Help us to be refined in the process and to come out as pure gold is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. God was lifted up tonight and, and preacher, 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 we're not going to let you go because we always pray for the preacher who pushes and preaches a word like that. We want you to know that God is pleased, that heaven is rejoicing, that the people of God have received this message. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, if it is your desire to just move higher, if you want to move further, if you want to receive this, not just by listening to the word, but you want this word to transform you. It's not about information, but transformation. If that is your desire, then this is what we want to do. We want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. We want to connect with you. So if you don't mind, please connect with us. We want you to know that you can go over to our website. And if you press that let's connect button, then we will be in touch with you. I need y'all to know www.thequerevival.com. If you need special prayer, if you need 
need Bible study, if you need baptism, if you need somebody to just hold you accountable, then this is where you can go. And we want you to press that let's connect button so that we can connect with you again. Thank you, Dr. Edmonds. Thank you. We need to bring in the sensei. We need to bring in um, our co-host, Pastor D, and we need to pray over you. Don't leave yet. I know you got uh, the fire of God's spirit all over you, but we need you to stay right here in this virtual sanctuary just for a moment longer, Dr. Edmonds, so that we can pray for you. Dr. Doggett Sensei, what do you what, what do you need to say tonight? Well, listen, first of all, I've, I've said this before, and I say it with, with total sincerity tonight. Myron, you're a marked man. You're an enemy of the devil. He doesn't like you. He hates you. He has every reason to because you're just too trusting in God to be scared of it. And a lot of people like to wrap up, you know, straight truth, mm -hmm. just telling it like it is with pretty words. But you use powerful, bold words. And I understand exactly what you're saying. And the people here, too, I would say that some preachers are thermostats. They simply measure the atmosphere. They they describe the temperature. But you are a thermometer. You are you are a thermostat not a thermometer. You change the atmosphere. You change the temperature. You don't just describe it. You take it to where it needs to be. And none of us are the same tonight. Those who are coming on shouting with us on the line, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't hold their peace. You said Vandion is crazy. That's true. But I don't know. When you preach, man, we lose our inhibitions and we start <laughs> making bold decisions for the Lord. And I want to say that you are an enemy of the devil. You are a thermostat. Keep changing the temperature. Don't walk in anybody else's trail. God's called you to walk a unique path. And you're a voice for these times, man. We believe in the gift God's given you, man. And tonight it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we, we more prayer, more power. I need y'all to come on in here. Y'all need you need to know, Pastor Dr. Edmonds, that as you're preaching the word, I got folk who are saying, yo, let me in the virtual sanctuary. I need to get in here and push my boy. I need to get in here and receive it. We got Pastor Austin Humphreys. We got Pastor Rashad Burden. We have Pastor Richard Martin. And I need you to know that with all of these different people, I want y'all to come in here because we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're, uni we're uniting our faith right here. And we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you, Dr. Edmonds, that God would bless you. If y'all are watching, if you're viewing, if you're a, a, a web worshiper, if you're a virtual uh, digital disciple, I want you to unite your faith with ours. Can we pray? Let's intercede. Let's pray for Pastor Edmonds. Let's pray for his family. Let's pray for his ministry. Let's pray that God would continue to use him like he used him tonight. As a matter of fact, no, I'll take him to another level. Pour more power and more anointing and favor on his life. Let's go ahead and pray right here, right now. Pastor D, you're our co-host for the night. Will you do us the honors of praying for this mighty man of God. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's all bow our heads. And those of us who can, let's extend our hands towards the screen as we ask the Holy Spirit to really fall down on Dr. Edmonds. Father God, we are so grateful for what we heard tonight. It has been such a transformative word. It has been such a powerful word, God, that has been delivered by your manservant. And I thank you, Lord, for the entire 28 days. And what a way to end. And Lord, I'm so grateful that you are the divine orchestrator, that you know things best. And I thank you that you put this word 
word on Dr. Edmonds for him to share with us, God. We have all experienced moments, Lord, but we need a movement. And you have rallied us around the, the pain and the struggles that we go through, Father. And this is what it is. Those pains, those struggles will ripen us so that we are ready for the harvest. And so, God, I pray that you will pour into your manservant exactly what he has poured out to us. But may he be full and run over, God. Take him to another level, Lord, as he continues to enlarge his territory, to spread the good news that you have so eloquently placed inside of him, Lord. I thank you for his ministry, for his transparency, for his willingness to share the struggle of this journey. But we know that the struggle of this journey will lead us to a greater and higher calling in you. And so God, continue to bless him, keep his wife and his children protected because we know that the enemy is not pleased with what he has done, how he has been so faithful to his calling and faithful to the assignment even on tonight. God, I thank you, Lord. I've sat through all two, both quarantine revivals, Lord, and I thank you that we've been able to end like this, Lord, with this charge. It's been amazing, God, for us to recognize the spirit being moved and how you have orchestrated things. So bless him. Keep him moving forward. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Man, thank you guys so very much for worshiping with us. Um, I want to bring in the sensei. I want to bring in Pastor D. Let me go ahead and bring in Pastor Rashad Burden as well, Pastor Richard Martin and Pastor Humphreys. Yeah, thank you guys. I want you guys to, to know. And Dr. Edmonds, you preach, so look, look, we can let you rest for a little bit. Um, we want you guys to know that we appreciate all of you. Um, not just the gentlemen who are on the screen. Let me go ahead and start with Sensei. Sensei, thank you. Thank you. Let's bow, y'all. Let's go ahead and show some respect to the Sensei. We appreciate you. You were with us, man, all 28 nights, and you have blessed us as the moderator with so much wisdom and so much word. So thank you. You're my dad now. You're pops. And I know you do anything for me, but I'm grateful that you did this, not just for me. You did this because God put it on your heart. And you did it because you know that the people of God matter so much to him. And we need to make sure that we celebrate you and say thank you. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead. If y'all are watching, let's give our sensei a thank you bow. Let's go ahead and say thank you in a respectful manner. Thank you so much, sensei. Uh, Pastor Humphreys, you the man. You preach that word. Pastor Rashad Burton as well. We appreciate you for co-hosting and hosting. And we appreciate Pastor Richard Martin and Pastor D. Y'all are amazing. All of y'all are amazing. Let me just do this, though. If y'all can help me real quick. We also want to celebrate our two teams. We have two teams behind the scenes. We have a QR digital discipleship team who came together. I put out the call and I said, who wants to be a part of our digital discipleship team? We had people call in from Poland. We had people call in from St. Louis. We had people call in from all over the world and we want to celebrate you. So let's go ahead and put our hands together for our digital discipleship team. Thank you guys so much. You were the ones who were interacting with our folk in the comment section. You were the ones who were making sure that we put those, those little links that needed to be um, put at the end of each message. And we say thank you. Thank you for getting out the word and for being there for those of us who needed that support. And also our prayer team, our prayer team. Thank you guys. We had a prayer team behind the scenes who were praying specifically for those who have asked for prayer requests. You submitted them. And with specificity, we've been calling out your name. So thank you. to our, Let's thank our prayer team, y'all. Let's celebrate our prayer team. Thank you, prayer team, for doing what you do. Um, and again, I want to just ask y'all to do me a favor. Look, this is it. This is it. We've reached the finale of our QR2. We had QR1, we had, what is that, 21 days of 
power packed ministry. And then we have now concluded our QR2, 28 days of power packed ministry. Pastor Dog, it ain't gonna lie, I'm a little tired. Um, so this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna pray, we're gonna pray. What does God want us to do next, y'all? This is, this is what I think God is going to do. God is gonna use you to help lead us. Look, we're gonna be sensitive to the spirits, move, and we wanna open up our ears and tune our, our, ourselves into the frequency of heaven. But this is what I want you to do, because I think some of you have what's next in your spirit. So if you don't mind, can you please reach out to us and let us know what do you think we should do next? What is what is it that you feel God is putting on your heart that you want to see the QR revival? Do Listen, www.theqrevival.com. If you can go there and subscribe, subscribe so that we can get your information and make sure that we let you know what's going to happen next. But in addition to that, send us an email over there at theqrevival@gmail.com. This is where I want you to send your ideas. Communicate to us by sending us an email at theqrevival@gmail.com and that's where you can submit what you believe God wants to do in the next season. Look, we can do QR3, QR4, QR5. The sky is the limit. I'm looking forward to what God has in store for us, but I would appreciate it if you would partner with us and communicate with us what is on your heart. Listen, y'all, ah, we've reached the final moment. Thank you guys for sharing. Thank you guys for worshiping with us. Thank you guys for being so consistent. Thank you for, for being God's hands and feet and for sowing. If you want to sow, let me give you one final opportunity. If you want to help people who are in financial crisis, use the Cash App, Money Sign, The Q Revival. Go over to the Cash App and use that handle. And if you want to use PayPal, do it by sending your seed to paypal.me forward slash the Q Revival. paypal.me forward slash the Q Revival. And if you want to use a card, you can use debit or credit right over there at www.theqrevival.com. You have given over $14,000 in 28 days to help families all over the globe. You've helped families in, in Michigan. You've helped families in Dallas. You've helped families in Florida, in Virginia, in the Bahamas, in Jamaica. You have blessed people all over the globe with over $14,000. So we say thank you. So listen, if God is still moving on your heart to give, there are more people who are in need. So if you need some help, reach out to us and we we want you to, if you want to sow, do just that. Guys, thank you. God bless you. We love you. We will be in contact. We will be in touch. I just need y'all to know that we love y'all, man, and appreciate you so very much. Have a blessed rest of the evening, and we'll see you when we see you.